love it. It's just you dawning on me that I forgot to tell Bill ahead of time what this episode oh. was about. Bill, I'm so sorry, but get ready. This is going to be so great. No. Well, and it's- You're going to learn so many things, Bill. <laughs> I, I, I just saw a hand. That's all I saw, but Bill. You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Leadham to Life. I feel like I am slowly building up this whole world of amazing physical therapists in my life. Uh, number one being my husband, Matt Leadham. If you've been listening to Leadham to Life for a while, you know that I had another physical therapist on. Gosh, was that season two, Bill? I think it was season two um, to talk about like pelvic floor. But I've just been so impressed by the field and what it can offer um, that I started following another awesome physical therapist online and she agreed to come on Leadham to Life. So Dr. Angela Turneau, welcome to Lead Him to Life. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay, so tell us a little bit about who you are, where you reside in the world, how we kind of like randomly got connected on the interwebs, that kind of thing. Sure, yeah. I live in a small town um, in Minnesota, Lake Country, or the up north uh, area yeah. of everybody um, in the Midwest. So I live here, small town. I have two kids, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I started having my own well, I was a I was a physical therapist, um, and then I had my three year old and one year old active person, like runner, triathlete, marathon, ran in college. Um, had my son and did not realize how hard childbirth was, <laughs> how much I was not prepared for it, um, and then all the things that happened afterwards, like not being able to go back to running the way that I wanted to, like I did a triathlon, but like, to be honest, I peed the whole time during it. And like, I placed very well, like I placed, I got first, I think in my age category and I did it like, I think five or six months after having him, which I don't necessarily, I I don't recommend like (laughs) looking back, I wasn't a public floor PT. I was a regular PT orthopedic and, um, having, you know, chronic SI pain, like low back pain for people don't, that don't know that word. Um, so low back and just like trying to, and my husband is a physical therapist as well. And so we were like troubleshooting, you know, try this and it just wasn't working. Right. So then I went to my first pelvic floor course and then that was hugely eye opening, and just, I fell in love. Like I've been to hundreds of hours of courses beyond that at this point. And I just want to share that with the world um, of how important understanding how your body works is. Like I had pelvic floor issues in high school, in college, like unknowingly, and just kind of thinking like, oh, I peed and I just had a really hard workout. Like that's, that was good. Like kind of pat on the back. Like I did a really, not that I was striving for that, but like if that happened, I kind of just thought, well, that's normal, that's right? Normal, like, right. That's normal, you know, and not knowing that, you know, there were things that I could have done to one, that that wasn't normal. And then to, um, I could have just been way better to my body and understood it better so mm-hmm. that it would have prepared me for pregnancy mm-hmm. and childbirth. And then, you know, if you're stronger and understand your body better going into an injury, you're going to be mm-hmm. better off when you come out. And so mm-hmm. childbirth is definitely mm-hmm. an injury. To yeah. No kidding. The body, right. No so kidding. like, yeah, just understanding everything is yeah. just, um, 
understanding your core and, you know, the pelvic floor is not just this isolated, um, this isolated muscle. It works with the whole body. And so just everybody needs to know what it is. And so I just, (laughs) it's like, I can't stop talking about it. My husband is like, can you stop talking about like, (laughs) can you stop talking? (laughs) I was like, uh, well, I could, but I also see things. I love it. It's just dawning on me that I forgot to tell Bill ahead of time what this episode was about. Bill, I'm so sorry, but get ready. This is going to be so great. No. Well, and it's. You're going to learn so many things, Bill. I I, I just saw a hand. That's all I saw, but Bill. So, and actually, this is. So, this is kind of like one of these funny, random things about me, but I've really become an advocate for this because of my own experience, but then also. Um, so many different women, um, you know, I have a lot of just women in those childbearing years right now that, um, that this has be, been an issue for. And so I've just really been an advocate and like, uh, kind of put myself out there. Yeah. To put myself out there to say like, Hey, this is really important. So I think that's how, cause I like posted something on Instagram, like, Hey, did you know this, you know, and the Mm -hmm. amount of response that I got of like, okay, wait, where do I go? Yes. Who do I go see? Who do I talk to? I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, I'm not uncomfortable talking about the hard things, you know? So I think that was kind of one of the ways that you and I got connected. Um, but but I want to take just even like a step back because we did an awesome episode with um, a physical therapist, uh, I think, like I said, in season two, specifically around pelvic floor. But yeah. you, I think one of the things that I've appreciated is you have this like whole broad picture of just health and wellness and how all of these things are connected. And even your... Um, even your your Instagram handle is active motherhood um, yes. or something like that, right? Yes, um, active motherhood. Yeah, and so, uh, but but we were talking right before we started, so much of what I think you're about, or at least the sense that I get from you and interacting online and, and all of that is um, the, the power of just taking care of your body um, for its own sake, for for the you know for its own good kind of thing as a as a temple of the Holy Spirit, all of those things, but then also because it helps us lean into our vocations as parents, as spouses, as working people, whatever that might be. And so, I really want to root a lot of our conversation today. Um, you know, if you're really interested in the in the pelvic floor stuff, like. I want people to go follow you and go back and listen to the episode from season two. Um, but I kind of want to want your help in helping us to take this like bigger, broader picture of yeah. the human person of wellness um, and what that means. You know, like we're coming into the holidays and it always seems like um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, we like become aware of all of the cookies that we want to eat and all of the, you know, whatever. And it's like, I should probably start working out too. Um, and so I just think this is a good time to start having this conversation. We're also preparing for Advent, um, in the Catholic, you know, tradition, um, this like preparation time. And I think that we can do all of these different things, um, physically as well to help us enter into that. So I kind of want to like, you know, that's maybe friends, our overarching vision of where we're going today, but, um, You know, for you, Angel, I'm really curious, when did you personally start thinking about or recognizing, like you mentioned, man, I just wasn't taking good care of my body or I could have done, you know, so much more. When did that become really, um, when did you become acutely aware of that, that, okay, I got to take care of myself? Yeah, I feel like I can, I'm going to be vulnerable. Okay. Um, But so after uh, Abram was born, and to me, I I think traumatic 
childbirth as dairies, it, it's all about kind of your perception of it. So what okay. is traumatic to one person is not to the next or, or whatever. Right. But to me, um, my childbirth and without going into the details, but like for me, that was traumatic and because it was you know, surprising like, to you, it, it was surprising and it didn't go the way I wanted. Like my expectations didn't meet right? your reality. We're not, we're not, okay. you know, and I didn't have strategies. Like I am a person that I prepare, right. I prepare and I have done marathons and I train for things, but it was something that I could not train for because I didn't have the resources to do it. And I went to the like classes, like I went to the, you know, hospital classes for, childbirth or whatever, but I, but that didn't prepare me for like, but how, but how do you get a baby out? (laughs) Like, like what can I do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so strategies with that. And so then because of that, and then not knowing how to take care of my body or how to like get myself back, not even just like pelvic floor wise. Right. But like I'm talking mentally and just overall physically, um, I definitely was post, I had postpartum depression and it just impacted me for like a year. And I, didn't know that it wasn't normal. Like I felt, um, and this is, I'm not a mental health counselor. So, you know, physical therapist here, but I, I thought that it was normal to feel so disconnected, um, looking at myself in the mirror, like not recognizing myself being so upset with myself. And just like, because of that kind of losing grips of my relationships, with my husband and kind of lashing out and being more irritable and just not feeling happy. Um, and part of that was a huge piece of just like not knowing what to do for myself. And so then, um, you know, like a year went by. So now Abram's like one and it wasn't like tear, like I'm smiling in pictures. I just remember feeling that way. Like mm-hmm. I just, and I know that I maybe not, I know that I'm not the only one that feels mm-hmm. that goes through that experience. So I think it is helpful to talk about it, even though it does, um, bring me back to a time that, um, it was hard, was difficult. Uh, so, but now like have gone through, having gone through, you know, all the extra continuing ed and learning how my body works, not only from the pelvic floor wise, but like learning how to breathe. I teach people how to breathe. And that is so huge for their mental health. And so like, if I'm being really stressed, I start to notice like how my thoughts are impacting my body, how Mm -hmm. that impacts my breathing and how that impacts, um, you know, how I'm moving and feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. so that I can be a better wife. I can Mm -hmm. be a better mother. I can be a better sister, a better coworker. And so just that self-awareness piece is something that I have learned. And I advocate for so much in like my first session with clients, I, I don't get into the nitty gritty of exercise and like how to do X, Y, Z. I say, I want you to start to recognize, you know, your thoughts and what that does to your body where you start to hold tension because of where your mind is going. So Mm -hmm. like with the holiday season coming up, are you really stressed about, uh, you know, providing for your family with gifts? Maybe it doesn't matter as much as you think it does Mm -hmm. or, you know, traveling, 
Like maybe you get really anxious around traveling and and what does that do with your body? Where do you hold tension? What does that do to your breathing? So, okay. I want to come back to all of that. Um, yeah, well, and I want to, and I especially, I especially want to come back to just like the breathing component because that was something, um, that I, that you brought my attention to a couple of weeks ago that I was like, oh man, that's, that's a whole, I mean, episode in itself. So I want to come back to that, but I also just want to acknowledge, um, first of all, thank you for sharing your postpartum experience because I think it's it's so incredibly common and it's just validating at times for people to hear and I know that I have a lot of men that listen to this I have priests that listen to this I have you know what postpartum depression can also happen to men yeah like yeah 100 percent exactly so I think just to be able to like name that and and um yeah for people to be reminded you know I think more and more it's common to talk about it but for people to be reminded um so I just so appreciate your witness in that but I also want to articulate the beauty of you you know you went through you were an ultra athlete even in high school college that kind of thing like that seems like it's been just a big part of your story um but it really wasn't until and then you went through PT school i'm assuming and then it really wasn't until you like fully entered your vocation that you started thinking about your body differently is that yes. true yeah like i <clears throat> i exercised like in college for out like hours at a time sometimes. And even, you know, training for, I've done a half Ironman, like that takes a lot of hours at a time to exercise in college. Die. I would, yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it now. I but, would literally um, die. Yeah. So, but you know, in college I would do like eight, 10 miles at a time and, and it wouldn't phase me, but I would also have things like I would pee my pants and I would have like knee pain and back pain. And, you know, I, it wasn't until I really was able to dive in and understand like all the components that has have to happen for everything to be cohesive in your life. It's your thoughts, it's your breathing, it's how you're moving. You know, exercise is important, but it's a, it's beyond that. It's not just exercise because, you know, I don't have a gym membership. I don't really enjoy, nor do I really have time to like go to a gym, but like to live your life actively and to spend that time to really hone in and like, think about your body in a way of how you're moving to move in a way where you can like relieve stress, whatever that is for you, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to know something fascinating? Yes. Okay. So I, um, for my whole life, I had a friend in, in high school that said she had a no running policy. And I was like, I'm going to adapt to that policy. Like, I just sure. thought it was so stinking funny. Every time she said it, she's like, no, I have a no running policy. Um, yeah. shout out Ashley higher. Um, <laughs> But I, so I, I, for like many, many years have felt like, okay, I know that I need to exercise a couple times a week, if not every single day, like intellectually, I know this, but for whatever reason, there has been some sort of block and it's like, I'll start and then I'll fall off the bandwagon. And then I would start and I would fall off the bandwagon. And it really was this, like, I think good intentioned of like, okay, I want to be like, I want to be healthy. And I know that it's good for my brain. It's good for my thoughts. It's good for all of these things. And then something happened um, after Lily was born where I just looked at Matt one day and I was like, I think I'm the type of person that needs a gym membership. I'm a people person. I need to like this whole idea of us working out at our house. For the record, we have a a basement gym that Matt established called the greatest life, which Sioux Falls people will totally get. Um, But isn't that funny, Bill? Greatest life. We have a popular gym here called great life 
Anyway, but I was like, okay, I need to join a gym. And it has been a game changer for me. And I honestly don't even really know like, okay, what, what has officially set in for me that I am like invested? Oh yeah. There we go. You financially invested. Wow. Yeah. That's totally what it is. Yeah. Cause then I feel guilty if I don't go. Cause I'm like, well, I'm paying for this. That's so true, but it's been really beautiful because it's what I'm seeing happen. And this is what I'd love for you to speak to um, because I don't quite have the words for it, but I feel like adding this as a regular pillar of my life, like just taking better care of my body, exercising and don't get me wrong. Like I still drink the wine and eat the ice cream and whatever, but like, I don't care. Thank you. So (laughs) I've raised that pillar, but it feels like all of the other pillars are are being raised as well like my prayer is better i'm more patient with my kiddos i'm more like energized with my spouse i have more clarity at work like do you know what i'm saying it's like all of the other pillars kind of raised up together um with the attentiveness of this thing instead i'm talking with my hands people can't see this but like instead of being topsy-turvy there was just like okay i'm actually building a stronger foundation for whatever god wants to do you know, mm-hmm. yeah, which has just been really beautiful. So that's kind of what you're talking about is this holistic approach. Holistic approach. Yeah. I mean, I, I want whatever, whatever, like active, active, <laughs> whatever active means to you, like start there. Like it shouldn't be this overwhelming, daunting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shouldn't be painful and it shouldn't be, um, soul crushing and it should be energizing. It should be energizing and something you enjoy doing. Like maybe going to the gym, lifting weights, isn't your thing. Like that's fine. Like maybe you don't have time to be, to exercise in the way that you once did, you know? So like for me, um, I used to classify myself as a runner. And then when I couldn't run because uh, I would either pee my pants or because it hurt. And now I don't have that happen. But, um, like when Abram, was born, then I just had to do this mindset shift of like, instead of calling myself a runner, I'm now an active person. And so Mm. by naming it that, and by calling myself that, then I was able to be, uh, free of this burden that I was placing on myself to feel bad if I didn't run or do the 45 minute workout or like whatever. Did you kind of go through an identity crisis in that transition? I I did. Yes. Cause that'd be, that'd be hard if you really classified yourself as a runner and then to, yes. yeah, to kind of make that shift was probably a little disorienting, but you used the word free. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, yes. that's so, something that's profound that it offered so, you freedom. You know, yeah, like, it, I just think so, that's so beautiful. It, it, well, yeah, it was, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard. But, um, I share that because, you know, if you are in that state of like, you identify yourself as one thing, it can be really hard to shift it, but if you have to kind of flip your mindset, mm-hmm. which isn't easy, mm-hmm. you're training your mind, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't like exercising or you didn't like exercising, but mm-hmm. instead you're, instead of saying like, you're an exerciser, cause you don't like that word. You just mm-hmm. say, well, I'm doing this to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm being healthy with myself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it helps you sleep better. you you don't as much cortisol, you're releasing the bad chemicals in your brain, um, mm-hmm. to make room for positivity. And so you can be more productive at work and have more energy and life fulfilling, um, to be there for your family and your kids. And so, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to be lifting weights. It doesn't have to be doing squats. It doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be biking. It could be whatever it wants, whatever you want it to be. Um, but just doing the thing that brings you joy because that is 
in an active way, um, Mm -hmm. living an active lifestyle. Yeah. So you said um, a a bit ago, you said when you first sit down with clients, the first thing you talk about is not usually exercise. Yes. What, what is that first, you know, give us a taste of like, what does that look like? What? Cause I think okay, when somebody walks, yeah, go, go, go. So, so I, I see people in clinic. I also do virtual. So, uh, virtual care with my active motherhood. Okay. So you're, we're having a conversation. First thing I do is most often people are not sitting correctly. So oh, I teach crap. people how to sit. Busted. Did you see that? Shoot. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yes. Continue. So I, I tell people to sit, how to sit better. Okay. okay? Yeah. Which we could go through that, but we don't have to, but so I'll teach you how to sit better. Okay. Um, and so, you know, that's within like the first minute of me talking with them. I tell them how to position their pelvis and, uh, you know, is it like a tilt back kind of thing? Is that what I'm supposed to be doing instead of a slouch? These are the words that I usually use. Okay. Go. Um, I say, pull your butt open. Whoa. <laughs> so can we yeah. say that? <laughs> I don't know. I think we can, but it's a good descriptor. Yeah. Okay. okay I'm so, with you. So if you're driving okay. in your car, sit better. Okay. Sit better. Okay. Sit better. So your your so your booty. Okay. We'll say booty. <laughs> so, <laughs> how about that? Can we say that word? Yeah, well, I okay. think we can. We're good. Okay. Okay. Booty. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people will sit. Can we, do we want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah, that gives me a big enough. I want us to have time to do the rest of the things, yes, but that gave great. me a big enough or a big enough, a good enough idea. <laughs> so we want to have a good base. We, yeah, okay, we wanna, that makes all the sense in the world. Good, okay. We want to have a good base with our booty open so we can sink into it and not hold tension in our back. That's why people have so much back problem, especially those right. that sit at a desk all day. Yeah, because you're sitting on your back passage, you're sitting like tucked under, you're carrying all this tension. Yeah. Okay. Now, if we think about what tension does to your body, you're going to breathe differently. If your body is tense, you're going to think differently. Mm-hmm. You're going to be less productive. You're going to be sore. You're going to be tired. You get up, you don't want to move. You don't want to be active. Like you hurt. Yeah. Right. Like, so I teach people how to sit better. Okay. So yep. within my first minute or two, I tell them what I told you. They look yep. at me goofy. And I we go it. on with, I'm like, just sit like that and then we'll come back to it. And if it's uncomfortable, but nine times out of 10, we continue our conversation after 10 minutes and they're like, wow, my back doesn't hurt. My butt doesn't hurt my whatever I'm seeing them for. Like, I feel so much better. I'm like, yeah, because we, we got you to sit better. Okay. So then I have people, um, I teach them how they're breathing and pelvic floor and core and everything should work together. And then I have them start to notice their breath. Okay. okay. I ask them, well, and in the meantime too, like I'll ask them, you know, what they're, what they're here for, what they're, you know, what they're wanting me to help them with. Um, and I listen to how they explain things. And so that can be really eye opening to people. Cause I'm like, yeah. it sounds like you have a lot of anxiety around this. It sounds like you have a lot of like stress around that. You're you listening that. between the lines. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the, just to give our audience like a little bit of a, an idea, um, what kinds of things do people come to you for? I know you see men, women, you know, what kind of things do people come to you for lower back pain? Yeah. I mean, so I see, I, in the clinic, I see everything active motherhood. I have it kind of focused to moms. Yep. Um, but with that said, there's, there's leeway with that guys. If you want to want to have conversations with me that's fine but like bladder um, problems i'm assuming yes, with moms problems, like, yep, diastasis recti problems. 
mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So abdominal okay. separation, prolapse, which is when the pelvic organs start to collapse into the vaginal opening. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, so back pain, hip pain. Yeah. That's like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So I continuous it, breathing. I will. Yeah. So I will help people all the same. Like, I don't care what you're coming to me for. If you don't have a good, if you don't, if your mind isn't, you know, thinking about things in a good way, that's going to change how you're moving. That's going to change your posture. Like if you think of somebody that is so like ho-hum, uh, you know, hunky dory, <laughs> like depressed, like, sorry, yeah, <laughs> that they're going to be more in that, like kind of mindset, that like, posture sorry, you could see me right now. <laughs> I did this like Eeyore type of posture. Yeah. <laughs> and, but if, or if it's somebody that's so, um, so stressed out about their problem that then they're just like this ball of tension and they're just like here and they're just like, and then I'm like, okay, I just want you to notice, like, as you're talking about whatever thing, whatever ailment they're, you know, Mm -hmm. asking me to help them with what that did to where they're carrying tension in their body, you know? And if we just try to melt that away, you know, and I'll say things like, do you have support around that? Because I am not going to be their mental health counselor. I don't have that training. Um, but you know, do you have support around that? Like if you're having, if you have a lot of stressors in your life, like, do you have people that can support you with that? And I you think know, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I so, think it's so beautiful that you're like, just you're asking the question, you know? And I think for, for people listening, like we might be experiencing one of these things in various different ways. And to be able to ask that question for ourselves, like, do I have support around this? Do I need, do I have the support that I need around this? Why am I carrying tension this way? Like, this is really humbling, but I, so Angela, I went to the doctor literally a week ago. I think it was just a week ago because I had every day for about two and a half weeks been having like a massive headache um, from like, oh gosh, it would like come on at 10 a.m. and then would would last through the day. Maybe it would go away around like five or six. And I'm not a big med taker. Like, you know, I'll take ibuprofen if I need to or something, but like not very, not very often. And I was every day feeling like, I don't know if I can function without taking like some Tylenol or ibuprofen. Like what is going on? So I went to the doctor and I was thinking maybe it was hormonal because it was so cyclical or whatever. And he, and he was looking at a couple different things and he was like, Emily, I really think that this is muscular. And I was like, really? Okay. So what do I need to do? And so we talked about a couple different things. I've been headache free now for a week. Um, but it, it was, it was like this muscular, muscular tension in my shoulder that I think was a combination of nursing I had like fallen asleep with Lily in my arms and like wrecked my shoulder, which went up into my neck Um, and stress. Like I had had a couple of really big stressful days that I think I just was hold, you know, holding it right in my shoulders. So exactly to what you're saying, like, man, okay, you, where are you holding this tension and what, what kind of support do you need? Like for me, it was actually just, I needed to delegate a couple of things right? and I needed like a hot, bath or whatever. And like, you know what I mean? So I just, I love that you start with that question. So, and then just like giving yourself permission to have time, um, to decompress, you know, to decompress because we are so, uh, we're so on our phones. We're so in our emails and our Instagram and our Facebook and our, you know, all the things that life throws at us. And so, you know, if we, if we don't rec- recognize our response to those stressors, like they're going to rule us. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, without us really being able to know it or name it. Yes. Right. And so recognizing recognizing your thoughts, recognizing mm-hmm. um, wh- what that what that is doing to your body. Mm-hmm. Where are you holding it? Where are you holding that tension? So I'll give people uh, meditation type strategies. Now, before I did pelvic floor stuff, you would have told me to meditate and I would have said, I don't have time for that. That's not something I'm into. I don't want to do it, which now my response to that type of somebody telling me that is, well, then you are the person that needs to do it most Mm. (laughs) because it doesn't have to be this, like sit in the corner of a dark room or in this, you know, certain position you can meditate um, in a way where you're just unplugging, like just get away from your phone, unplug, go for a walk, look at nature and be present in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the sky, have conversation with like, oh, I saw a bluebird. Mm-hmm. Not now because it's winter, but, <laughs> right. you know, but like just being present and decompressing and then noticing by doing that, what that does, what that does to your body, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to feel more energized because now your body is not so tense. Think about it this way. If so muscles, this is how muscles work. Like all muscles need to, uh, both lengthen and contract okay. okay, to work effectively. Okay. So I just, for those that can't see me, I just flexed my bicep. Like I straightened my elbow and then I bent my elbow. Okay. So that's how muscles work. If you were to flex your bicep for three hours, Ow. like that's going to hurt. Like that's Ow. not going to feel good. Right. Like if you got for another example, like if you're carrying groceries, you know, like same kind of muscle, you're using your bicep, uh, which is in your upper arm, but you're carrying those groceries for a long while. You get talking to somebody. Um, you didn't mean to, you know, you, you just got in conversation with somebody you're carrying these groceries and put them down. You're like, Whoa, okay. I didn't realize how sore that was. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. How heavy my arms feel. But like in that situation, you know what it is. Like it's your bicep. You're not scared of that. Like you're not scared of that. You're just going to let that arm go. You're going to like recognize that like, okay, it was just tight. I'm going to stretch it out. And then I'm going to go on with my day. And I'm not nervous about that. But like when people carry tension, it's typically in their jaw or their shoulders or their neck Mm -hmm. or their pelvic floor, Mm -hmm. like to be honest. And so, you know, or even in your back, but then you're scared because then you feel back pain and you don't know what to do for it. Mm -hmm. You have pelvic floor issues. Like bladder leaks or prolapse and you don't mm-hmm. know what to do for it. You have things like shoulder pain and neck pain and headaches and you don't know what to do for it. So those things sound scary, but in reality, it's just because you're bottling up all this muscle tension, mm-hmm. right? And if you could just recognize it for what it is, it's no longer scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even that question alone, where do you, where are you holding your tension? I think is so like often for people, I think it can be in the stomach or like, yeah, in that pelvic floor or, um, but to, I think that can so often point to, um, where our stress is living, you know, or like, yeah, for me at times, like I will get into a habit of grinding my, my teeth at night, like clenching my jaw. And I'm like, why is my jaw hurting so bad or whatever? And it was like, oh my gosh, like, and, and I, then I have to be cognizant of it and I'll, you know, stretch out my jaw and remind myself not to do it. And I, and it's funny because Angel, like I wouldn't consider myself a high stress person, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think when I, if I had heard this five years ago, I would have thought like, whoa, like that person must be really high strung if they're, you know, bottling up all this tension and no, we actually all, we all do it. And sometimes the way that it masks itself is in this, 
kind of, um, yeah, the hidden place, you know, in the neck or in, in our jaw or in our stomach or whatever. Mm-hmm. So to be able to right. n- name that, I think, is a huge step. Yes. It's a huge step. Tell me a little bit more about breathing. Is there, yes. like, I know, obviously, breathing is important. Yeah, um, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we apparently need to do yeah. it, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, it's kind of funny because I'll tell people, like, I'm going to teach you how to breathe. And they're like, all right. Like, they don't they don't yeah they like, don't like when I say that do right? I need I physical that, therapy for this yeah yeah they're like what but it's kind of like it's equivalent to walking and because everybody's walking mm-hmm. like everybody walks it's a it's a you know where most people walk and so it's like kind of the same thing like how you walk matters right mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know if Okay. I I think that people understand that, right? Like if you walked goofy, like you can expect that you're going to maybe have some issues. Interesting. If you had had like an ankle sprain, this is how I kind of explain it. If you had an ankle sprain, you got an injury, you had an ankle sprain. If you continued to limp around, yeah, you're walking, but you're limping around. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to know, hopefully that you're going to have issues. You're going to have things like hip pain or back pain or other things happen. right? Right. So breathing is kind of the same way. If you don't recalibrate, that's what I call it. If you don't recalibrate your breathing, such as like after you have a baby, um, because, you know, when you have a baby, your belly, uh, baby's pushing up your, against your diaphragm and you're going to breathe differently than postpartum. You have an injury, uh, you have childbirth, but it, it, it's, be, it's bigger than that. Like those are specific. Definitely. You need to recalibrate your breathing. Um, and if that's you, then go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, but beyond that, like if you have a really high stress job or you just are easily triggered because of maybe past experiences that you haven't worked through, you know, if you're just easily triggered or, or you catch yourself in this shallow breathing pattern, So how you breathe matters, just like how you walk. So a lot of times I will see people and they're in the shallow breathing pattern, which is, um, well, let's just do this little experiment. Yeah. I'm like totally paying attention to my breathing now. I know all of our listeners are too. So let's go. I'm ready. So let's just do this little experiment. I want you, it doesn't matter if you're driving, it doesn't matter what you're doing right now. I want you to take a really, well, one, before I say what I'm going to say, I want you to notice how you do this. I want you to notice how you do it. I want you to take a deep breath. Go ahead and take a really deep breath right now. As big as you can take a deep breath in and out. If you're like most people, you took a breath up into your chest. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, shoot. yeah you did. Is that okay. bad? Okay. I need to recalibrate my breathing. I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, Interesting. A, Bill, what did you do? Did you do it? You went up and yeah, he, Bill went up too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. what we want to do is we want to breathe into our pelvis. Okay, what? That sounds, yeah. That sounds kind of wonky to people, but we want to breathe into our pelvis. If you think about it, your diaphragm sits, well, don't, well, your diaphragm sits around the base of your ribs, right? Yeah. Like most people. Okay. So it sits underneath your lungs. And, um, so it sits at the base of your ribs. When you inhale, your diaphragm should drop down because your lungs fill with air. Your diaphragm should drop down. Can you picture Mm -hmm. that? Yep. Totally. Okay. So if your diaphragm drops down, your pelvic floor should also do the same thing. Okay. Okay. Yep. It's happening. Okay. So we want to breathe into our pelvis. We want to breathe into our pelvis in a way where we're going to use our diaphragm. We have accessory muscles, um, which will allow you to breathe differently, just like you can walk differently, right? I said the example of like, after an ankle sprain, you might walk a little goofy. Like there's lots of ways that you can walk, just like there's lots of ways that you can breathe. And that's for good reason, (laughs) because like 
you don't want to have only one way to breathe because if that way is gone, like you got to live, right? So there's lots of ways that people can breathe and they are not always the best way. So if you think about, um, if you think about when a car is going to hit you, okay, I want you to think about a car is going to hit you like gasp because you're, that's like a very stressful event, right? You're panicked. You, you breathe shallow, When you are stressed, you breathe shallow. That perpetuates different chemicals in your brain that are going to release cortisol. Shut the front door. Okay. Yes. So how you breathe matters because if you can train yourself when you are stressed, if you can shift, if you can notice that you're stressed and you can shift the strategies of how you're breathing and you redirect to breathe into your pelvis, there's a nerve in the back part of your diaphragm. So in the back part of your diaphragm, it's called your vagus nerve. Doesn't matter, but it's called your vagus nerve. And that will stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest calming state versus the tiger chasing me state. So it'll calm you down. It will calm you down. Right. So this is not belly breathing. This is breathing into your pelvis. So okay, that's a good breathing. distinction because I was because th- I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, I kind of feel like I'm like my my belly is expanding, mm-hmm. but is that is is that that's not well, quite right? Let's just so let's um, clarify. So when I say breathe into your pelvis, and I said that your diaphragm sits at the base of your ribs, mm-hmm. your diaphragm sits all the way around the base of your ribs. Now, if you belly breathe, you are only expanding through the front. So therefore the, the vagus nerve that sits in the back, you're not, you're not impacting that. Okay. So instead, okay. So to clarify, this is not belly breathing. Um, this is breathing into your pelvis and your belly will move. However, we want it to be a little bit of expansion everywhere. Interesting. Right? So okay. Instead of like, instead of like this, like ballooning effect out the front of your belly, I want it to be a little bit of expansion everywhere. And this is where posture and body mechanics and muscle tension come in, because if you're super tense in your back, this is going to be really difficult. And these are some of the things that I work, I help people work through and I put people in specific positions and I help them learn all these things. But for those listening, the basics, instead of thinking to belly breathe, let's think to back breathe. Okay. Is this like really easy for a lot of people? Cause I feel like this is not very easy for me right now. Is this easy for you? Are you doing it, Bill? It's like, it's, it's a retraining. It is a total retraining. And it is hard for people, um, after they've had an injury, right? Like moms, Mm. after you've had an injury, um, men, it can be a little bit tricky or it can be a little bit easier for it because they haven't had the trauma because your brain, yeah, Bill, your what's your problem? <laughs> when your body, when your body experiences trauma, well, maybe uh, he's had a back injury. I don't know. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just had to give him a hard time. That's, That's okay. Yeah. So you're, it really like, it can be difficult because you've probably been compensating for these areas of injury overcompensating right. like the sprained ankle. You kind of do mm-hmm. what you need to do and all of the other things, but then it kind of throws everything out of whack. Right. And so that can be why that's why like Kegels don't work. Okay. I don't give women Kegels. uh, What? Why? Because we need to recalibrate. We need to reteach the muscles how to work, not just how to, not just how to flex. We need to teach them how to lengthen and contract. We need them how to, to coordinate with the rest of the body. This is is so fascinating. This is so fascinating. 
So wow. this is my approach. This is my approach to pelvic floor. Yeah. Therapy, yeah. So um, and helping women. Okay. So basically, men. so in a nutshell though, this whole concept of recalibrating your breathing, this um, pelvic floor breathing that you're talking about. So kind of this like expansion everywhere down instead of up into our chest, like what yeah. we all did when you told us to take a deep breath, really yes. it's helping to calm our whole bodies. It's Higher helping. Body. Yeah. Your entire body. Like if I have a headache, this is the first thing that I do. If I have a headache, I will, I will have thoughts that my, that my head is growing tall, like a giraffe. And I am breathing into my pelvis in a way where then I'm lengthening my whole spine, opening up my ribs. And I will, by doing that and really being aware, like this is the first thing I teach people is self-awareness, right? Yeah. Because goes back you to can't that. learn this if you don't have the self-awareness. Yeah. People all the time will say, will ask me like, can I just do this exercise? And whatever, like, won't, don't you just have an exercise that can fix this thing? And I'm like, well, no, because one, if you can't connect with that muscle, you are then not using that muscle. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways that people can do things and do them wrong and go through the motions, but doing them wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, just like all of you guys were breathing, mm-hmm. but you're mm-hmm. not doing it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you're doing it, you're getting air, you're, mm-hmm. you're living your life. Yeah, it works. But- But is it it like optimal? Is it optimal? Basically is the question. I love, I just am so fascinated by this um, because I mean, listeners can obviously tell I'm like, what? Um, But (laughs) I think this, this whole concept of looking at the whole, I just, it it applies to so many different things. And really it's like my heart for lead them to life, I think has been has been an integration of all of these different conversations around a Catholic vision of the human person. And it's, I mean, this is such a good example and I feel like I'm going to use it as, as like a, an analogy over and over again in the future um, of how much paying attention to the whole. So paying attention to all of these different facets of our lives actually just helps to bring about greater flourishing. And that's the ultimate, you know, the ultimate goal is to be, like I said at the beginning, like who God created us to be, which is to flourish, to be fully alive. Um, the glory of God is man fully alive. And so I I just love like this whole concept that you're articulating that really lays out an integrated vision of the human person um, st- in both uh, mental, spiritual, physical, you know, specifically we're looking at physical and mental today. Um, but those things matter. You know, so, so often in society and culture in our daily lives, we try and like all sanction off these different parts of our life or categorize or whatever the word I'm looking for is, you know, and it's like, not nah, everything touches. Everything has to has to work together for us to really be fully alive, to be who we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good, Angela. OK, we're running out of time. So I'm just going to ask you like a couple more quick questions. Mm-hmm. Um where can people, where can people follow you? Where can people find you? Because this is, I mean, you're opening up some really, really great stuff that we don't, we just don't have time to do like the full courses that you can offer, but where do people find you? Yes. So I have my Instagram, which is active motherhood. Okay. Um, there's also a link in there that you can, or my, my bio link, you can join my newsletter on there. I have some freebies, uh, that might, interest, um, mostly moms or women. Um, and then I have my website. So activemotherhood.com. And so I have, um, a couple courses and then I'm also going to be 
really stepping more into the virtual coaching. Cool. So I can really start to change lives with that. Yeah, cool. And I know you mentioned this at the beginning. You guys aren't there yet, but your husband's also a physical therapist. And you've been brainstorming the idea of him coming on as as active fatherhood. Um, We already bought the domain. Did you really? Oh, this is happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's not, you know... You go to the yeah. To there's nothing there yet. There's nothing there. But yeah. there might not be for a while. But we we've locked it down. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I just again, I love that vision because it's, um, yeah, it's in support of our vocation. It's in support of what it means to be fully human, to be fully alive, wherever you know, whatever state in life you find yourself in. So I love that there's this concept of active fatherhood as well because it yeah it just allows you to show up better for mm-hmm. yourself, your spouse, your kids, all those things. Okay, here's my last question for you. Are you ready? I ask every guest that comes on Lead Him to Life if there's a question that you have been pondering. And this really, you know, listeners that listen regularly know this comes from my own heart for just curiosity and for asking questions of myself and other people that I think have really moved the ball forward in terms of um, learning more about who I am and uh, who God is, all of those kinds of things. So I want to know if there is a question that you have been pondering recently. And the only rule is that you can't answer your own question. It has to be something that you are actively like thinking about, wondering about, but that you just don't have an answer to yet. Sure. Um, Well, I've gone through my own struggles, uh, like I mentioned before. And... um, I've overcome them, but I'm wondering how God, like he gave me the, all these struggles. He gave me these gifts to kind of see things in this way and how I can best utilize this Mm. to really impact and help as many women and families as I, as I can. And so, Mm. you know, I'm exploring avenues to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's kind of like where my, um, where my mind goes right now, where I, my prayer goes right now is to how I can really impact the lives of, of moms, which I know that if I help a mom be healthier, then I also help a family and a marriage and really the impact of her community. Yeah. The foundation of society is the family. If you help moms, mm-hmm. you go a long way in helping society. That's so good. Yes. So good. Well, Angela, know of my prayers for your continued mission in this way. And um, yeah, friends, definitely you can follow her on Instagram. If you're interested, you can also engage in her coursework, all of those kinds of things. Um, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It definitely gave me new things to be thinking about. I'm going to be paying attention to my breathing all the rest of the day. Bill, you are too, right? Um, so thank you just for teaching us, Angela. I think it's really a huge gift. Um, but please share this episode with a friend, uh, especially that you think would benefit from it. And I hope that it's stimulates more conversations uh, between you, between you and your spouse, your coworkers, your friends, um, so that we can continue wondering together um, and continue to discover what it means to be fully alive. Thanks so much, friends, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.